thanks for downloading the two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. And I'm your trusty pal, BP. (laughs) And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode to be determined. Oh. The welcome to the party, BP edition. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. Okay, so first things first, obviously, uh, obviously you're not Liv, um, but at this point, if you don't know who Brian Peters is, um, I would say head back to episode 33, Truculent Peters, your first appearance, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, after that, what, there's been one, at least one or two more, right? Uh, one more, yep. All right. So this makes episode last uh, one. your third appearance. Uh, yep. It was like a recap of the Holly Hog and then the, uh, the previous episode. Yeah, kind of recently. <laughs> kind of recently. So it was yeah. like September-ish. Yep. So head back in there. Uh, type in Peters into your old Google machines and you'll be able to find him. <laughs> uh, but this is different. This is not a guest. Uh, this isn't a, a, a guest spot. This is a, it's a co-hosting gig. Welcome to the big show. Thank you. Um, it's a big seat. It is a big seat, but I hope I hope you wiped it down because Liv usually uh, sits in that seat without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first things first, very important piece of business. I I didn't want to micromanage, and 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 that's kind of if one thing has gotten me from where I was to where I am now, both both professionally, personally, emotionally, physically, it's. I've tried to reduce the temptation to micromanage things in life, right? Okay. And yep. I was a little nervous on uh, how you were going to introduce yourself, right? So, cause, <laughs> so before the show, I said, hey, listen, just introduce yourself like in the gap where Liv would normally introduce himself. And I, I choked back the suggestion of making sure – that you don't use the tag, uh, your old, your good buddy live, right? Because right? that's his, and exactly. Um, I don't want to ruffle his feathers because this is this is this episode's a little rogue. This is an unsanctioned <laughs> two sorry excuses episode. It's like oh, uh, no. it's like a <laughs> it's like the Judas Priest episode, uh, uh, the Judas Priest's band of episodes where. We're just replacing, we're just replacing one of the lead men with a, a totally fact, a totally reproduced facsimile of that lead man, and we're just going to pretend that nothing's different. That's my goal here. So what you're saying is you didn't get his permission? Yeah, like, I didn't. Like I said, you should. <laughs> I didn't clear it with him, which which is funny because surprise. <laughs> Two sorry excuses is truly a. Uh, a partnership endeavor, uh, despite the fact that it's run and owned by Ninety Nine Pods <laughs> LLC. Uh, Liv and I are are equal partners in the in the name, the content, and all that gets produced under this flagship. So I really should run things by him in this nature, and in certain instances, I use this stream for little pet projects or inside jokes that I think are worth publicizing. Like I don't know how many of the non 
live episodes you've ever listened to in this feed. Like I did one mm. with Roscoe one time, which was a total shit show. Uh, I did one with a kid from Syracuse, Tyler Aki, a couple uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, um, I heard that one. And I don't know, maybe there's one or two other like little side projects that I just dump in this feed because I have nowhere else to put them. But I don't, I, I don't use those as two sorry excuses episodes, as as the Star Wars geeks would say, they're non canonical. Right. But this is canon. This is right here. This will be a numbered episode. I'm not sure which one yet, because um, I've got a couple in the can that I got to get out. But but Liv and I are not uh, copacetic these days with our schedule. So, in order to keep the pump primed, we're gonna drop a few of uh, non-live episodes in the mix. Couple with you. Uh, I've got a couple other uh, little little things lined up, but in order to make sure we get something out uh, at least you know two or three times a month, uh, this is the only way to do it. So, so I'm gonna let the chips fall where they may. The people have spoken; they want to hear us more than once a month. So, in order to do that, yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah, it's a good idea. You don't want to leave your your fans hanging. You know, that's right. It's not a Garfunkel situation. <laughs> no, no. It's definitely not a Garfunkel situation. <laughs> if anything, as we're apt to do, it's a John Paul situation. <laughs> right? Right. Um, but so that's good good to know. I'm glad that you uh you came up with your own uh your own moniker. What what was it? Our trusty Trusty Pal. I like it. PP, yeah. I like it. You got the old buddy, the good uh what is it? I'm the old. I'm good the old buddy. pal. Live is the, the good buddy. You're the old pal. He's a good buddy. And you're so the trusty like, right, pal. Well, I gotta come up with a another word for friend. I like it. And uh, I like pal. You know. Now, the, what will be a real killer? And I appreciate you respecting him on that on that uh, front. But what will be the real killer here is if this is one of the highest rated uh, two sorry excuse <laughs> episodes in the in the history <laughs> of the show, um, because there are. There are livetics out there. There are people who listen to this show, um, and they're just solely devoted to live. They're either his friends from high school or, or like these ran- that He's got more random Syracuse dropout friends than anybody else who went to Syracuse that I know. I'd say at <laughs> least 15 to 20% of the people he talks about in his Syracuse life uh, are guys who he met freshman year but never finished. Right. Which I always forget that you guys didn't, you guys weren't buddies freshman year. Right. Yeah. Because when I think of you guys, I think of you guys together, you know, BP and Liv. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he was not on the original cast of season one, BP Syracuse. So, um, but anyway, so those people are going to be pissed, man. <laughs> That's good. Let's piss them off. Well, it doesn't take a lot to get them pissed. <laughs> One time I talked about Cole too much, and, uh, and he got Liv got a text message from, from one of the guys like, hey, why's that guy always talking about his nephew? I don't, I don't even care about his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes, Ryan from California. <laughs> uh, so... So, yeah, some people are going to be pissed, but the overwhelming majority are going to be excited because they, uh, they love when you're on the show. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, and there's a mutual connection, I, I would think, between most of your fans, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. That's one of the um, – well, I'll just let you keep going. And I, won't, I don't want to, you know, get too far into the ideas that we came up with. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into the ideas we came up with. Okay. Uh, we got some. We got some good things planned, and and this, I, like most of the the endeavors that Liv and I um, set off on on a weekly basis, we don't know where it's going to necessarily end. So we're just going to play it by ear, and if we don't get to everything today, you're. I, I'm hoping that you're planning on coming back on future episodes, so we can we can kind of tie up loose ends uh, in the future. So that's how we'll roll. Fair enough. Yes, I, I hope so. My agent has me um, booked for two, <laughs> this one and, and one other one to follow. Um, but there were some stipulations in the contract, that, so it really depends how tonight goes. But um, if everything goes okay and um, Ryan from California is okay with it, then there's, there's probably going to be at least two. Yes, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Okay. Uh, first things first, we like to take care of some business uh, from time to time here, from time to time. Um, and this one is a direct, um, this is a direct connection. This is from me to you. Um, talked a little bit about my trip up to Boston on the uh, last episode that I recorded uh, with Liv that hasn't come out yet. So I-, I give you general props there. But while I have you here, I want to say thanks, man. Thanks for the hospitality on the, uh, on the Beantown uh, trip a couple weeks ago. I appreciated it. Oh yeah, that's that's our pleasure, man. That's it was awesome to have you. I'm glad you made the trip up. I know it's it's not an easy drive, and um, I think you got a lot of bang for your buck when with your short trip up here, didn't you? Uh, yeah, uh, the only other so. trip in recent memory that that uh, that rivaled it was your birthday. Um, oh yeah, and because that was just such a cast of characters and and a good time, but also because we built in. Uh, a super relaxing like Sunday uh, in Dorchester, grilling up burgers and um, just hanging out. We didn't really do much, and uh, that's always a great time because right. it's so low low key. Um, but as much as I enjoyed the visit and the shenanigans and catching everybody and you and Carla and your brother and the Reardons. Um, the star of my visit had to be none other than my bestie, Maisie Lou Peters. <laughs> that kid is amazing. And Thank I, you. I, like, I know it's your kid, so you think your kid is, is, is pretty special, and that's great. That's the way it should be. But I've got a lot of interaction with little kids. Like I've got a, you know, I've got a whole army full in the DeSantis family, um, that I love and I get along with, and I think are pretty special kids, and they're, you know, and and I enjoy spending time with them. And not to take away anything from any of the other Massachusetts kids I got to spend time with, either this trip right. or last, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that you've got like. A forty-five-year-old trapped in a two in a two-year-old or a three-year-old's body, <laughs> because she's unbelievable. She's unbelievable. The aptitude and the humor, 
and the personality that's packed into that two and a half feet of uh, <laughs> of charging dirigible is unbelievable, man. So props to uh, not only her but to but to you for for raising such a great kid. And I know that Carla gets pissed, right? Because I always give credit yep. to you know for to you for things that she actually does. So right. I want to set the record straight. I want to give credit to Carla. For thank, letting thank you, you do such a great job raising the kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, just I pre- I appreciate that. Yeah, she um she really took a liking to you in, in the first visit, and that was when she was yeah she was like just just over tiny. one, right? Yeah, she was little. She and was then little. when you came, she was just so excited to see you. And she's not like that with everybody, so. Kudos to oh, you that's well, great. Well, that makes you feel good. That makes you feel good. So I uh, <laughs> appreciate that. So that's it. Mono to mono, man to man, person to person. Thank you. Uh, super heartfelt and uh, appreciate the uh, hospitality. So um, uh, thank you. That's thank all you the business that I have to take care of. It's, uh, it's a short list tonight. Um, so let's get down to business. All righty. Brass tacks, as they say. So what I thought would be kind of fun, because so many people listen to the episode uh, or or listen to the show, um, but very few interact with the show in the manner that you interact with the show. I know Fredo listens all the time, and I, you know, I I don't want to take away from Fredo's um, fandom, and I know my brothers listen all the time. And I know my dad listens. There's a bunch of people who who are always giving me feedback on, hey, that was funny. You know, keep up, you know, the good work. Uh, oh, where's it been the last couple of weeks? Make sure, you you know, you don't let it fall off. But nobody engages and feeds the show like you do. Because you'll constantly send a text message or a note or something that reinforces what we're what we're doing which is just basically being ourselves and hoping to connect with people that we don't often connect with on a regular basis so that reinforces that so what i thought would be a would be a good show is if we tackle some of those questions whether i've answered them for you before or not uh in a little segment i like to call two sorry explanations Nice. Yeah, see what I did there. <laughs> see what I did there. So let's get into it. You got some questions now. They these questions, in all fairness to the listeners, uh, might be something that they may have missed. It might have been so obscure because that's the <laughs> thing, right? Like, excuse me. In my approach to doing this, if if I can make if I can make somebody laugh or somebody have some type of feels then that's cool but if i can make live laugh or more importantly if i can make me me laugh <laughs> then i think that i've achieved the goal that i wanted to achieve there um, okay so you may have picked up and you probably pick up on things that a lot of people don't pick up on because a we've been friends for so long and b the nature of our of our friendship um, is generally just one inside joke after another. Right, right. Like, this is uh, this is a great example. When we were at, uh, uh, where where uh, where were we? Cambridge? Is that where we went out uh, on our trip to Boston? Yeah. Um, 
the guy came back from the arcade and he had a bunch of bracelets. And he's like, yeah, just put these bracelets on and I'll get you in the arcade for free. Right, right. <laughs> so we're handing out the bracelets and you look at me and say, uh, Christ, that's the last thing Sanders needs is another bracelet on his hand. Which is, <laughs> which is really funny because all I had on was like a Fitbit tracker and one of those like, you know, statement um, bracelets. You know, like yep. the Live, oh, yeah. Live Strong yeah. or, or this one's a breast cancer uh, reminder. But uh, <laughs> that's just, that's, that's funny. And I've been laughing about that since you said it. And I chuckled at it like two or three times while we were out and I had all those bracelets yeah. on. And yeah, then. You kept looking at them. Yeah. They were bothering you. There were so many of them. You're like, ah, this is cumbersome. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and um, I, wear the, I wear the breast cancer one all the time, but I don't always wear the Fitbit one. But when I put the fit, Fitbit on, and, you know, now I've got two bracelets on my hand. For a guy who doesn't wear jewelry, you know, two bracelets is, is, is pushing a limit. Um, yeah, it's an overbook. Exactly, exactly. So it's that kind of shit that I think is funny that other people just, it might just go over their heads. So some of these, some of these questions, clarifications, and topics that we're going to talk about, um, mostly they're for our amusement and our own edification. That's the disclaimer yeah. that I'm going to put on this, but it doesn't okay, make them good, any less entertaining. Right. I was going to kind of preface it as well for the uh, listening audience uh, that some of the questions I'm going to ask, they're going to have no clue about it because they don't know who we're talking about or, or whatever. There's not that, that mutual connection that you, me and Liv have, right? you know, exactly. But so it's par for the course around here. So, uh, okay, so we'll just roll with it. So my first question I'm going to, I'm going to skip and, and it's going to be my second question because it's a real doozy, okay? Okay, all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first one you sort of answered a little bit um, talking about your your fans. And and I thought it was only me and, um, and Fredo were the only two people <laughs> who listened. So <laughs> the, the first question I want to get out of the way uh, is that in two, how many listeners do you have? Do you know that? And I was going to ask if your siblings listen or if your parents listen. So you sort of answered that, but if you could clarify that a little bit for the uh, for the audience, please. Yeah. So the um, on average over the last, I'm going to say last year or so, we have had. Let's pull up the stats here just to keep everything oh, legit. Yeah. Um, over the last year, we have probably averaged anywhere between 300 and 500 listeners. Holy smokes. And now some of those are new listeners. Uh, some of those are old listeners. Some of those don't come back. But, you know, on a good month... In the last year, we've been probably right around 400 or so, which I don't know wow. 400 people. I don't know. I don't know where we get 400 people. I think there's a couple things working in our favor. Two, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
skip right to two. I'm going to skip right to two. <laughs> Number two is that um, we are the longest running Syracuse themed podcast. Nice. So while we're just nominally Syracuse or Orange centric, I would say probably less than 10% of our material recently it involves something to do with Syracuse. But the show is branded as a Syracuse uh, show. And as as shows like Noon's Magician and Orange Fizz and like there's a bunch of Syracuse themed shows out there. As they get more popular, we come along as like suggested listening. Okay. So people who listen to Noon's Magician or some of the other orange themed podcasts are like, oh, well, this guy's got Judy Be- uh, Julie Beheim in his picture. They must be hardcore Syracuse guys. Um, and so you get like this influx of new listeners all the time. But back in the heyday, back in the pre, um, back in the when we had the old website, I don't know if you remember that. We used to do, uh, we used to write blogs and we used to write long essays. We did a lot um, to kind of create content. We had about a thousand listeners. Whoa. Which instantly went away when our website uh, crashed and we lost all our content. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't, it took us a while because um, I was all fucked up. I had Bell's palsy. I was living at my parents. I had no money. Like it was, it was like the best of times and the worst of times. Uh, so it took us a couple it took us a couple I want to say a month, month and a half to get the podcast back up and if you don't regularly produce content for people they, you know, they'll tune out they'll they'll, um, delete your podcast from their feed because it's not updating regularly Um, but yeah so there's a, a good portion, listen, if five people listened to it and they were the right five people that's all that I that's all I'd care about because that was the whole purpose to begin with was to make myself accountable to those people who used to like to listen to things I said right so that's you that's my brother that's fredo um you know couple couple folks that's all I would nice. need but it's nice that people listen I think it's you know, it's great. We're certainly we're certainly not making any money off of this, but the infrastructure. And you said is there. Your, your dad does. Your dad yeah. does listen. Does does your mom listen? No. As a matter of fact, we just had a conversation, and uh, he will probably listen to this. He listens to every episode. He listens to him at the gym, um, but he will make mention to my mom when I bring up her in conversation. Okay. And she hates it. <laughs> so I have to put like a little I have to put a short leash on my dad and tell him that podcast is just for him to enjoy because he, he enjoys it and one of the reasons he enjoys it is because one of the bigger topics uh, that I like to cover are you know our family related stories so he comes up in that a lot right so he likes to hear his name mentioned <laughs> who doesn't right 
Right. So, uh, so that's what keeps him listening. But then I'll tell a story about when I was a little kid, and you know, we didn't get any Christmas dinner, or we didn't get any dinner on Christmas Eve. So my parents stopped and got us uh, peanut butter crackers at Seven Eleven. You know, he'll tell my mom. Because it's a funny story, oh, and she doesn't yeah, think it's funny. She gets pissed. Yeah, yeah. she gets super pissed, and um, and it becomes a little contentious, and then I become you know a little bitter because <laughs> like you know she's not the audience to begin with, right? <laughs> right. It'd be like so if she you, started showing ever... up. If it would be like if she started showing up on Sundays uh, in 1996 to hear my oh, top yeah, ten my list, God. you know. I'd be like, this yeah, is no weird. Good. And then, you know, critiquing my, my skills. So, uh, so, so because you know that he's listening, do you restrict anything that you would say? Because some of the stuff you guys say, I'm like, cheekers. If, you know, if Liv's mom's listening to this, she's, I don't think she would like what he just said. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. So he's a little. F- <laughs> or do you edit that stuff? No, I, I, I do I do no I, I do no censoring. I don't okay. I don't go back and edit out. At one time, I um I revealed the name of the girl who was at the center of the Fagans door, um the the door skimming scandal. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the door whore. I revealed her name, and. After thinking about it, I went back and I took it out because I actually didn't know the facts of the story or exactly what happened, and I was just riffing yeah. on it. And tw- that's a good idea. Twenty-five years later, um, I think this this chick might be famous or or at least swim in famous circles. So I didn't, you know, whatever. I don't want that right. getting back on her. Uh, and then the other time, live um, casually drop the name of somebody that he was tripping mushrooms with that person is uh is like totally not only i'm pretty sure they listen to the episode um but they're a pretty like respected educator um you know and uh and i was like well i don't think that that guy would appreciate you know that getting out so i edited that those are the only two times i've ever edited for content wow Um, all right and he lives a little freer with the criticisms and critique of his family and his upbringing because they don't listen. Right. Okay. Okay. I I don't censor myself on the on the fly. So if there's something that comes up, you know, I'll generally cop to it. And if I'm mentioning it in the episode, it's because, I don't know, the statute of limitations have passed on it. And it's probably humorous that it happened to begin with. So I don't tend to talk too much about scandalous stuff that <laughs> that people don't already know about. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's all – mostly it, it would fall to the level of, you know – college age shenanigans and by that point you survive them right so there's no like you know there's no negative reverberations so it's pretty much it's pretty i try to be as genuine as possible 
And I think, I yeah, hope that's what people like about it. I hope that's why people listen, is because it's two guys genuinely speaking about shit um, that they would talk about if they were just sitting around in a bar. Right. No, I, I think so. I mean, that's how I listen to it anyway, or hear it, yeah. you know, because right, okay. that's why that's why I wanted to ask. I'm like, you got any sometimes exa- I'm like, you- man, I don't know if, you know, the, the, the two times I was on, I... There was a few things that I said. I'm like, eh, should I have said that or like what? And I'm like, well, nobody's listening. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as like my parents or or whatever, some friends go or whatever. But so your parents are funny. No, I think it, it definitely sounds genuine, and that's what I appreciate about it. Your your parents are actually a good example uh, of that it, the the censorship or censoring yourself situation. I I've never really felt the need to to be other than myself in front of anybody's parents especially yours um and but there's there was a uh an instance back when we were freshmen and your brother uh your brother had his appendix out got his appendix out i i i have such a strong connection to his appendix <laughs> because he and i were out the night before they burst. And I don't know how an appendix bursts, but I a little bit like to think that I was responsible. <laughs> and we were jumping off of the SI Newhouse building um, in a snowstorm. Huge, yeah. like, drifts. And we were just having a blast. And that's what your brother and I did. Freshman year, Reardon would often go and hang out with his brother and the older guys before we met them. So your brother and I would would often pal up uh, and just get into silly shenanigans, and that was one of the times. So when he went into the hospital, uh, I went to visit him. And, and Laughlin and I actually went, and I thought I needed to bring him something. So I brought him uh, a Playboy. <laughs> nice. But... As I was bringing it, I decided to leave it in the brown paper bag. I, I wasn't sure why, but I, I decided that was the right thing to do. <laughs> and we walk into the into your brother's hospital room, and I don't know why I thought it would be any different, but I was very surprised because your parents were there. And this is the first time I'm meeting them. You know, it's oh, it's nice. only like February or or whatever of of freshman year. We would have never had an opportunity to, you know, commingle with parents or whatever. Right. So I was very glad that I kind of censored the, you know, censored myself in that particular instance because it would have been super awkward. Oh yeah, Reg would have been pissed. Yeah, yeah. So John John Peters might have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that, From the DL. Other than that, that's I tend I try not to try not to censor it. So. All right, I love it. Thanks. What else you got? Okay, this is good. I this like is this. Du- this is fun. This is the doozy. Yeah. Okay. All right. And this is sort of a um, the if you want to call it the detective in me or the the wannabe lawyer in me. Okay. Uh, and it goes back to episode one forty four. And this is when I was, you know, jotting down questions in my car. Uh, on the way home. It's when I listen to you guys. And um, the first question, which we're not going to get into today, because it was like the entire thing was 
what the fuck, Roscoe? Like, I need to know the the entire Roscoe story, and that's going to be hours long, <laughs> right? But there was a either a flaw in your story, or I need an explanation. Okay. Okay. So just let me uh, let me reset here. Episode one forty four is called "Chasing Johnny Winter." The boys are back to explore the fragility of life, going back to school, and the burden of wearing garanimals. Plus, Sanders discusses magically appearing bottles of wine and disappearing TVs. Yes. Okay. Okay, so here's where it gets confusing. Yes. You noticed some wine in the fridge the night before, and you were like, hmm, that's weird. That's the wine Roscoe used to drink. Yes. Right? Yes. And you thought, okay, your roommate at the time was more of a beer drinker so you thought it was kind of weird that there was some wine in the fridge that was the same as Roscoe's yes and then and then the next day more unopened wine came into the fridge like it wasn't the same wine you you pointed out okay okay and that's what I was like wait a second so it wasn't the same wine that's Interesting. And then I listened, you know, kept listening to your story, and it ended up it was Roscoe's wine, ultimately, right? Because he came in and he was in in his suit talking yeah, on the phone exactly. while you were in the shower. So here's my question: yeah. There was he he went out and got wine, brought it into your house, put it in the fridge, drank some of it. You noticed it, and then when you went to bed, I guess. He went out. He 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 must have drank that wine, went back out, got more wine, and brought it back into your house. And that's what the wine was the next day. Without, so how does how does Roscoe keep bringing wine in and out of your house without <laughs> you or your watchdogs <laughs> noticing? Oh, that is a great question. That is a I great. I mean, what did you go to bed at 8 p.m. and he snuck <laughs> in and like he went back out, like he finished the wine. You know, he must have finished the wine, and then he's like, "Oh, we need more wine. Let's go out." Sanders is up there; he can't hear these people drinking wine in his house. <laughs> we leave. There's the watchdogs not doing anything. <laughs> oh, let's go get more wine. Come back in, bust into the house, drink more wine, and then leave it there. So, so uh, two. What's up with that? Two things may have happened. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So this episode was released on October 3rd, which is means a pretty good chance it was recorded a week or two before that. So it would have been very possible for the dogs not to have been here. Okay. All right. That's good. If I had a bunch of events and, and the September-October um, calendar – is full of events where I need to pawn the dogs off on either Ange or my parents. There's a good chance that he came in that window. Okay. Now, as far as him coming and going while I was here, that's very possible uh, that he could have accomplished all that for a few reasons. One, when I'm on the third floor, um, and especially if it was in the September uh, time frame, my air conditioner might have still been in. Yep. Okay. So if the air conditioner was on and my hatched door was closed, so when you come upstairs to the third floor, uh, I have a sliding uh, barn door on the second floor, which kind of gives you access yep. to my stairwell. But when you get to the top of the stairwell, there's like a hatch, 
like uh you know like a like a ship would have so you got to push it up in order to get to the third floor now cool. m- most of the time i keep that propped open so i can come and go as i please but at night if the air conditioner is on or if i if i'm sleeping i close that and it's pretty soundproof but here's the real magic behind Roscoe the Wino <laughs> is that he is such a high functioning alcoholic that he moves with like ninja like precision when it comes to drinking or procuring drinking or disposing of his goods. Okay. All right. So he's a very quiet, considerate, um, what's it called? Solitude, solitary man. But a lot of that has to do with because he's hiding the fact that he's fucked up. Right. You know, he doesn't want to encounter people or whatever. Or he's, he's sleeping off a drunk. Or he just wants to be in his room drinking um, drinking booze. So he was very good at moving with stealth-like accuracies. I want to say that I had switched the door lock at that point. I had gone from a key entry. Yeah, you did, I think, yeah. And that's what always stumped me. Is how did he get in? Because I didn't give him the key. I mean, I didn't. he didn't have a key. Uh, and he didn't have the code. Come to find... I think there was some... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I remember something like that. Yeah, yeah, I had come to find out later that it, he started dating uh, the roommate's friend and the roommate right, right. had given it to the friend unbeknownst to me and that's how it uh, <laughs> that's how it shook out but um all's well that ends well in that story um the chick whose tv he stole which was actually his tv if you want to go around and around about it yeah um left here owing me Hundreds of dollars. <laughs> so she is no longer uh, a sympathetic character with clean hands. Uh, so she got oh. what was coming to her. Oh, no, wait a minute. And you never got it back? And, and I never got it back. So uh, <laughs> what goes around comes around and and, and so be it. But um, I was explaining to somebody last night how I'm just now recovering uh, financially, physically, and emotionally from that nightmare Ugh. that was the three of those people living here. It was unbelievable. The was three un- kooks. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, all right, very good. Very good observation. Um, but that's what he did. Well, so he would have stopped somewhere at his at his <laughs> favorite winery to pick up you know, the Boone's Farm or whatever it was he was drinking, and to bring that. But that would not have lasted him because he would have gotten up in the middle of the night and started drinking again. So he would have had to go out either that night or the next morning and okay. and hit up. There's a liquor store across the street from me. <clears throat> so I'm pretty sure that's what, right. that's what he would have done. That makes sense. That makes more sense. Now, in my the second part of that question, I think you just answered um, – what kind of wine does he drink? Uh, is Pinot Grigio a very light white wine? Yeah. Yeah. That's his That's his And jam. you know the label? 
the label or oh geez um you said boone's farm yeah, no, it's like not that? boone's farm because uh, boone's farm is like that uh like that hillbilly uh yeah that's like yeah, moonshine really, like fruity moonshine yeah. or something. um <laughs> something it's not kendall jackson but it's a it's a popular brand with like footprints on it Oh, all right, yeah, like Barefoot or barefoot. some cheap peanut butter. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. Barefoot, that's it. That's his brand. Because okay. you were also, uh, in that episode, warning um, when you thought at first maybe this might just possibly be the, the your other roommate's wine, you were going to warn him against the wine. Yeah, yeah don't drink that wine. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then I was like, oh, what kind of wine is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the devil's juice. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, my next question comes from the very next episode, episode 145. All right. So the- In this question, I don't know if it was Liv just being sarcastic or if there was actually stats behind this, but he said that the you guys, the, the two sorry excuses were the number two podcast on 10 Barna Road, which is where I live, and he said... I don't know how we're not number one. So I don't know if, like, did I by accident download some other podcast <laughs> and I've been downloading it? Or was he being a wise guy? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, I, I think he was just being a wise guy. Because okay. I don't know. I, I think it was a, an attempt at self-deprecating humor. Yeah. Which... Which I would not say is his strong suit. Self okay. self deprecation is, is he he probably misses misses the boat on that one more. Yeah, because I thought he was being a wise guy, but I was like, wait, maybe because I think you guys are like looking at the stats. It was when you were saying uh, earlier when you you said something about you're the longest standing Syracuse podcast. It was I think you brought up something along those lines in episode 145, which is possible because like, I love to bring that I love to bring that stat up <laughs> <laughs> as as you should as you should. And then he was like, yeah, and we're the and apparently we're the number two podcast on Ten Barna Road. I don't not sure how we're not number one. And I'm like, yeah. How aren't you? No, how aren't you number one? Like, what the hell? All the podcasts are we listening to over here? Yeah, no, no, I have no stats to 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 back that up, and I think that was just uh, an inside an inside dig at being, you know, funny. Like we can't even crack the number one spot in right, right. you know our best buddy's house. How do we you know expect <laughs> to crack the you know the iTunes top one hundred? <clears throat> And, and then I had one other note, but listen, when I say notes, this is, it's while I'm driving. And it, so it's, <laughs> I take up this, this like tattered, uh, wrinkled envelope from work and it's just got scribbles all over. And, and under episode 145, I wrote Mike the 14, like with Roman, the Roman numerals 14. Oh, okay. So, M-I-K-E-14. And I have no idea what the hell that is. I'm very glad you brought this up. Yes! I'm very glad you brought this up. (laughs) Because it's a valid question on my part. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And all of the LSU fans Ah. seem to just want to brush me off 
as if I don't know what I'm talking about and my question is invalid. So okay. we went down to um, we went down to LSU for the LSU Syracuse game. Yep. And they brought me uh, around the tour of the stadium. So his buddy uh, from law school, Jordan, um, who's a good guy, he came up to Syracuse for the LSU Syracuse game up there. Um, so I have a little bit of a connection with him. We, you know, we've we've broken bread before and hung out. Um, so he wants to show me LSU and do all the things that you know would be would be popular on a on a football uh, tailgate day. So we go to a tailgate Perfect. and he, you know we walk around and this is the track and this is that and this is this blah blah blah. And they take me to see Mike the Tiger. Who is the mascot, the LSU mascot that they used to? This is kind of fucked up, but I guess it's days gone by. Back in like, you know, the 70s, 80s, and probably even the 90s, they would wheel this tiger from his cage to the stadium and stick him in the end zone, you know? 120,000 <laughs> people screaming, and there's a tiger in a cage. That some drunk kid's probably responsible for latching. Right. <laughs> so eventually they stop doing that, but they keep Mike the Tiger in the in this huge habitat right on campus, and it's it's Louisiana, so it's warm enough to keep a tiger in a habitat outdoors. So this is Mike Seven. This is the oh. seventh incarnation of mike okay he started back in the 50s or 30s i believe actually and uh and he lasted a long time actually it was started <laughs> in the 1929 but it wasn't officially uh released until 1930 yeah. so you're sort of right but you're sort of wrong and uh, the funny thing about it is tulane oh, tulane had a tiger first and everybody knows <laughs> yep, yep. that tulane had the better tiger <laughs> <laughs> um, so we go to see the tiger, and he's in this this um, this this uh, enclosure, but it's got like a portico around it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I remember. It's coming back to me now from that app. So on the portico, and I believe that I'm, I'm saying that correctly, and it's a structure considered the, of a roof supported by columns at regular intervals, typically arched. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, it's a portico. And on each of the arches says Mike 1, Mike 2, Mike 3, and it goes all the way up to Mike 14. <laughs> and I ask the very simple question. If you were in my position, what was the, what's the question you would ask? Has there been 14 of them? Or why is this only Mike 7 if it goes up to 14? Exactly. What's Mike 14? And they say to me, no, this is Mike 7. (laughs) And I go, I get it. No, I understand. There's been been six other tigers like this. Um, But what does Mike 14 mean? And they say, well, there's only been seven Mikes. So this is Mike 7. He came after Mike 6, who died. And Mike 6 came before Mike 5, who died. 
And these are relatively, like, ardent fans. They don't want to tell you. I don't think they know even what it is I'm talking about. (laughs) But clearly, clearly, on on the enclosure, you can see, if you Google... LSU Tiger Enclosure. And I don't even know if that's going to do the trick. In the episode, I say what you need to Google to find this, to find out what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, I think that's a, it's great. If you Google Mike LSU Tiger Enclosure. And you go to images, and you scroll down, there is a picture of a statue. It's called Mike the Tiger Habitat from TripAdvisor. It's a picture of the statue outside of Mike's enclosure. And if you click on that and enlarge it, you'll see behind the statue on the portico are Mike 1, Mike 2, Mike 3, and it goes around the entire enclosure up to 14. Why they are 14 mics when only 7 mics have been alive is a mystery to me, but what's more troubling is that it's a mystery to the people from LSU as well. Okay, so I remember that in the episode, and I think I maybe jotted it down because I was like, did you ever find out what the hell it was? I've never found out what it is. And they, okay. worse yet, <laughs> they refuse to acknowledge that I have valuable information here. The entire LSU nation wants to say, would, would, be, just, would be happy if I went away. But I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Well, the listeners want to know. Even I think even the LSU fans. I think so, too. Because I don't think they know. The ball is in Jordan Johnson's court. That's our our local LSU host. All right. So... um, We'll, we'll find out. Hopefully, we'll find out. Hopefully, he listens. I, I don't think he does, but we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe we can get him to listen to this episode. Okay, I have one more. Well, I have, I have a lot more questions, but some of them are more like, you know, technical. But let me skip two of the technical technical ones and get into more of a. Um, I could have googled it, but I want to hear. <laughs> What you came up with. So this is one of the episodes where, and I don't know, now I've, I've lost track of episodes because I just started jotting down questions. Um, this is when Liv was blind. Okay. And you guys were talking about vision and uh, 2020 vision yeah. versus 2040 vision. And then it goes to 2400 vision. Yes. Okay. Well, so what happened to 2060 or 2080? Oh, no, 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 no. That was just an example of the jump. Okay. It can be a range. So um, 2020 vision is obviously perfect vision. Right. And um, 
Ange has really poor vision. Like if she had a if she had a superpower, it would be her ability to navigate the world with poor vision. Okay. She's like Daredevil. Without <laughs> glasses on, she can't see much. As a matter of fact, there's a real endearing story. There's a couple stories that like, you know when you you start uh you start dating somebody and then you're you are like transitioning from just some, you know, cute chick that you're fooling around with to getting to know them as people. Sure. And so certain stories will either make you make that transition or because you're making that transition, you'll make note of those stories. Makes sense, right? right? right. They're they're just things that stick with you. And there's one that's super endearing. And and despite the fact that I didn't know her at this time, uh, it always stuck with me. It was the, the, the time that she had gotten glasses as a little kid. And she was probably... You know, like five or six, maybe four or five or six, something like that. And her parents get her glasses and she goes out um, from the uh, doctor's office and they're walking down the street or whatever. And she says, oh, look at the trees has leaves. (laughs) She'd never seen leaves before. How fucked up is that? Right. Something we take for granted. Like a little kid who doesn't have glasses and needs glasses doesn't know what a leaf is until she gets the glasses. So she has particularly poor vision. It was always kind of like a running joke or uh, an inside joke between us um, that when she didn't have her glasses on in the morning or whenever, I'd just be a big blurry blob. No, I could have like been 2400. And I don't know necessarily that it was that <laughs> bad. But okay. it was it was bad. What the normal person could see at twenty feet, I'm sorry. What she could see at twenty feet, the normal person could see at massive multiples of that. Right, right. And it's a thing. It, it's a thing. Um, uh, let me. I'm going to Google right now a 2400 to see if that's a condition Google monster that you can live with here. 2400 vision. If that's correctable. Um, is considered... Okay, yeah, all right. So anything over 2,500 is considered profound visual impairment. Okay. So 2,400 you can live with. That's it. So, so, so she might even be in that range, but... Um, that had to do with the debate on whether or not 2400 vision meant you had perfect eyesight in one eye and really poor eyesight in the other but it's not it means your eyesight is bad it's a, it's a collective it's an aggregate number yeah no yeah and you cleared that up in that app in that, but the way it was um the way you said oh, it, it oh, was oh. like it was like oh so 20 it goes from 2020 and then 2040 <laughs> to 2400 i'm like what <laughs> that can't be true and of course i waited i waited i'm like that can't be true uh, it's got to be 
that's too far of a range, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was just that was just me riffing trying to get to you know, from point A to point Z as <clears throat> as quickly as possible. Okay, here's a couple technical stuff that the I think that the fans will really um enjoy. All right. Um or should I say they they probably you know they're dying to ask themselves, but they can't call in because it's not a live show. It, a, that's a matter of fact. It is blood. not. It's not a live show. Although, um, although I don't yeah. mean to to cut you off here. However, there are more and more signs pointing to a live recording of the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. Okay, I like it. So, I like it. Stay tuned, kids. Um, I think recently you guys stopped doing the jokes at the beginning, the jokes that you never heard the beginning to. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Why? Okay. So, so the beginning is always a work in progress mm-hmm. and back in the day I used to do the, the out of context drops where I would just take things that we said and I would just clip them into an emergency broadcast system. Yeah, but that took yeah. a lot of time. And then we replaced it. I don't know. I think we replaced it with something else. But then the jokes were very long running uh, open for us. But the jokes, I don't know. We just wanted to mix it up and keep it fresh and, and, and do something we thought was funny. And for a while, I don't know how it came up, but um, I got on the um, Pistol Pete Maravich kick. Oh, yeah, Mr. Creedy. Mr. Creedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pistol Pete came up in a conversation somewhere, and I chuckled to myself, <laughs> and I said, you know, even Pete, even Pistol Pete had to sit out his freshman year, and nobody got it. Right, but I knew right. Liv would get it, so I opened the show one time with uh, even Mr. even Pistol Pete had to sit out his freshman year, and <laughs> so then that became he got a chuckle out of that. So I tried to then um, make come up with some ridiculous you know brain scenario, right, right, um, that would make that would make Liv laugh. Because that uh, honestly, one of the things that I I wish we could do more on the show is, uh, it, oh, I could do more is make let make live laugh. Because <laughs> a lot of times I think I think we have this presentation of like two forlorn middle aged men who are just commiserating with each other. Right. <laughs> right. And I wish it was a little more frivolity. And and we have chucks and we have, you know, we have yuckles and and, and we, we have a good time doing it. But like he and I, we we weren't roommates ever, so we don't have a bust your balls type relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's some things that like come up in conversation. I know that if I was if he was somebody else I would bust his balls on on a topic. Gotcha. Yeah. And vice versa, I think. So when I can make him chuckle, like I've, uh, you know, I've amused him, and he's not laughing at me with derision. Uh, I think that that's <laughs> funny. 
So the mystery. That's a win. It's a win. So we trans we transitioned from the joke thing to the Mr. Creedon thing. Um, but then we abandoned the Mr. Creedon thing because it was not very popular uh, amongst the <laughs> listeners. And uh, and we just decided to go back to the um, back to the to the dry open. And the reason it's the dry open and not uh, some back to the jokes. This is uh, this is I think what you're this is what you want to get out of of this whole exercise. And this is the money maker right here. Um, this is pulling it back all the way. Is that yes. it's my silent protest that people didn't think the Mr. Creedon thing was funny, so now I'm not going <laughs> to give them anything. It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, great. Like I like to consider myself, uh, you know, uh, of uh, elevated ethics or elevated perspective, and you know, I like to think, well, as long as I find it funny, that's that's really what matters, and you You're know, right. take it or leave it. I don't record this show for for you out there, Joe Public. I don't record this show for you, Ryan, California. I record it for me. And and back when it started, that's was a hundred percent the honest truth. But also. Do think you should think what I think is funny? <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, sometimes in meetings and stuff, uh, you know, I'll say, "Listen, listen, I hear your point, and and I'm just making my insight known here. I don't have to be right. My goal is not to be right all the time. But in reality, yes, I want to be right all the time. Right. <laughs> I just know that sometimes I'm not right." And it, the same thing goes with being entertaining, being funny. Listen, I, I find things funny. You might not find those same things funny, but I think you should. So the fact that people didn't find it funny, well, they're going to have to pay the price now, just a little bit. All right, all right. So. That's fair. We'll see. We'll see what so, happens. We'll see what happens. So when you guys drop things like that, like the jokes are, um, you know, in the beginning, it used to be, Christopher Walken or somebody oh, sounded yes. like him, right? Yes, correct. So that was right. That was one of the interims. Yes. So do you so do you discuss that like before you guys get on air and say, Hey, this week we're gonna stop doing this, we're gonna do that? Like what kind of yes. production goes yeah. behind it? Right. You know, so we'll have that the, conversation. For the content. We'll have that conversation. I'll say, Hey, listen, man, this week we're not I'm not doing those drops anymore. I want to try something new. I got this idea. I want to do a joke. And, you know, okay. usually live his game. I, to be honest, I think he he hates a lot of the shit that we do. <laughs> Which makes him such a good sport for doing it, and I really appreciate that. Because he... I don't have to beg him to do this podcast. He'll, like, he'll send me a note. And, and and be like, hey man, let's record, you know. So I know that he still enjoys doing it, and I think he he looks at at it as a forum to express himself, and 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 mm-hmm. you know he appreciates that. But I know he hates a lot of the shit that I do. Like I know he hates all the specials I drop into the into the podcast uh, feed. <laughs> you know, like he he's like that's ridiculous. Um, but I know he likes the, I know he likes the brand. I know he likes the content. Um, and, but he doesn't always see eye to eye with me on those things. And because I do the editing, I get to control them. <laughs> right. Awesome. Uh, this is good stuff. So good stuff. Uh, what else you got? Cause I don't want to keep you up too long. And I'm also, 
a, a couple more. I, I'm also a big fan. Of, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a big fan of the multi-part episode. So yes. I have no problem coming and doing this for another hour. Uh, next week, the week after, tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't want to cram. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want you to feel like you um, are truncated. But I also don't want to keep you up and around for 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 later than uh, than you got to be. No, I appreciate that. I have a I have a couple more. I think that'll be quick questions, and then um, I would st- if we don't get to them all, then then we could certainly do it next time. But if not, um, I'm sure we have plenty more to talk about on the next one. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, fair enough. Okay, so why moving on up at the end? That song, moving on up. Oh, that's your, That's an excellent question. I'm glad you noticed. I don't know if anybody noticed, um, but now I know that you did. So, um, way back when we transitioned from the um, from the. Uh, this is the emergency broadcast system, blah, blah, blah. I had said I wanted some music to introduce the podcast, and that's where we got mm-hmm. in touch with Adam. Is that who did our music? Yep, yep. We got in touch with Adam. We said, hey, we, wanna, we want a theme song. Now, of course, in my mind, I had something totally different. But it would require – it basically would have been if you had musical aptitude and knowledge of the podcast – to write like, you know, a cheeky jingle, right? You know, dropping vodka grapefruit and <laughs> you know something like that into into like a into a show open, um, but we didn't. We got this like rockin' um, riff, which is awesome, and I think that's great that he took time out and did it, and we still use it, and I think that's a, you yeah, know, still use it's it. It's signature. Yeah. It's our signature open. He also had done. A second episode, a second song that um, was I use as the close, but okay. I don't know if you had noticed at some point along the line when we do the drop. Um, well, on that note, apologies to Girk's brother. Yeah, I would play a uh, audience clapping. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, the reason I do that and how I got that was back in uh, the Halcyon days of the top ten list, the song that I would play after I would read the number one reason, whatever, was Bouncing Around the Room, the live version of Bouncing Around the Room from a live one. Yep. I did that for two reasons. One, it was a super upbeat song, and I love the song. But more importantly, the song starts with uh, an audience cheer. So as I would read the number one episode, as as I had to read the number one reason so-and-so, so-and-so, I was afraid nobody would think it was funny. (laughs) So because I piped in my own audience reaction, you couldn't tell if other people didn't enjoy the top ten list or not. Nice. (laughs) And everybody would then cheer. Because if you hear some people cheering, you would cheer. So I took the idea of of piping in um, of piping in audience noise to kind of like we're in front of a live studio audience and people think the show is great. 
I took that (laughs) originally. I had taken that clap that that clapping from the Jefferson's theme song, but just cut out the theme song. Okay. Then after a while, it just became easier to use one whole clip, then cut it and put Adam's song as the closer. And because it was easier and it was such a good theme song, Jefferson's is, is probably my favorite television theme song that nice i just rolled with it um for my own amusement i didn't think anybody else would pick up on it know it or notice it i love it i love it it's like a bittersweet it's bittersweet because it's the end of an episode which i hate yeah yeah and uh but it's like you get the sweet sounds and like the humming you know (laughs) now that clip for whatever reason that i have has has like (laughs) A remix version at the end of it. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, it's like a reprise. So yes. <laughs> I used to cut that, but it wasn't fulfilling enough for me just to hear that twelve seconds of of the. Yes. Hmm, 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 hmm. So I left the reprise on, and I enjoy it. I love it. I listen oh, to it all the time. Too. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you caught that. I appreciate that, man. Okay, another question. Um, does Fat Pat know how you both feel about his guest appearance being not only the worst <laughs> guest appearance, okay, but the worst show in Two Sorry Excuses history? Does he is he does he know about this? I don't think so. I don't think he listens okay. to the show anymore. Okay, and I won't tell him that. What's that? I won't tell him that. Yeah, and so that's that's that. You know, it always like, where do you cross the line, right? Um, and like, I like Fat Pat. Oh, yeah, who doesn't? And to be He's honest, great. like, if we're really pulling back the curtain here, to be honest, it, it's not even that bad. <laughs> we asked him to do unreasonable we asked him to contribute in an unreasonable manner. Although we thought that the fact that he worked for the NBA, the whole reason Fat Pat was a guest and he was our first guest was because we were trying to drum up listenership. Mm-hmm. We figured, let's get a guest on and here's what a guest will do. Promote their own appearance. Especially a guy who works in sports media. Right, right, right. And what if he he just put on his Facebook page or tweeted out to his followers or whatever? But his followers include Pete Thamel, uh, Adam Shine, like people, right? He knows people. So we figured, let's bring Fat Pat on. And he'll be a guest (laughs) and he'll like promote himself being a guest. And we'll talk about NBA and, and Tyler Ennis and it'll be great. So. Not really knowing what Pat does at the NBA. I know he's a, he was a writer for a long time at MLB.com, and I know he works on like international projects. Um, I thought he would be a little more versed in like the X's and O's of the NBA. Right, right. So we thought we'd get him on and talk a little bit about Tyler Ennis, and we'd a- we asked him a bunch of questions. And the reason it was such a bad episode is because every t- we asked him a question, and he just didn't know the answer. He would just say, I don't know. 
He didn't even lie, you know? So part of that is on us because, one, we should have prepped him a little more. And two, we sh- nobody wanted to know the answers to the questions we were asking anyway. <laughs> but we continued to ask them. It was early on in the development of the of the Two Sorry Excuses brand. Um, sounds like this. Sounds like this particular episode. <laughs> <laughs> Me asking a bunch of questions. Nobody really cares about the answer to. <laughs> Perfect. So I got two more. So the difference between that and this is that Liv and I didn't even care about the answers to those questions. <laughs> In this instance, I care about the answer. So that's the only right. that's the only thing we need to, to, to make sure we're on the same page about. So he does not know. I'd feel very, very bad if he ever did know. Um, no, no. He's a good sport like that. But also, this is this is where I'm coming clean to say that it's more of a gag than anything else because there are certainly episodes out there that have been identified as horrible episodes. As my brother points out, there there are several episodes when Liv and I get into dark places that that we bring people down and we sh- we have no business getting getting to that point. So right, right. Um, <laughs> okay. The, the the fat pat is is more of a ruse than anything else. Nice. All right, I have two more, so I think we should we should do it. Yeah, let's do it. it up. Let's do it, and then and then we can do a whole other episode. Um, where are you guys with the spinoff idea uh, slash dream of your? I'm not sure what the hell you called it, but it was like uh, Craigslist episodes when you would go on TV and you'd have a yes, you'd surprise the seller because you'd show up with celebrities. Yes. <laughs> The used and amused uh, yeah. television show. Did you show. talk to your, your people about that? I did. That? I pitched. Where I, had a, with that? I had a pitch meeting. Um, okay. And it had, let me just tell you what is now been green lighted, and I'll let you yes. fill in the blanks. <laughs> okay. Okay. What has been green lighted <laughs> is a YouTube series where an artist draws. The a caricature of a famous athlete or musician, and you have to identify the uh, the athlete or musician before the sketch is done. Okay, I love it. That's what's been greenlit. Do you hear the names Two Sorry Excuses or Sanders and Live anywhere in that treatment? Oh yeah. Well, unfortunately, the producer does not. <laughs> so, really? <laughs> <laughs> we moved in that pitch meeting. We moved from, listen, here's oh, my idea. Sounds brilliant. To revising my idea to be more focused on the negotiation, which to Liv's credit, he fi- Liv finds the most... A valuable piece of entertainment is the negotiation between the people. That's not what I find the most valuable. And this is where a little bit where creative juices diverge and mm-hmm. I get a little stubborn sometimes because I think my idea is the best idea. Yep. I don't think anybody else's idea is is a bad idea. I just think mine is better than theirs because I came up with it. Sure. And I think makes sense. I think people are interested in hearing like the anecdotes behind why we need to go buy a coffee pot 
more than they need to hear the negotiation between the people buying the coffee pot okay, and the people selling the coffee pot, right? Well, the right. producer, um, the executive sided with Liv, and he said that the negotiation is the more important part. So I seized the opportunity to pitch him an idea that I had, that I never shared with anybody, called Mediate This. And it's yes. <laughs> it's it's the um, it's the reality show based on real life mediations. It's almost like Judge Judy, but instead of courtroom, oh, yeah. it's mediation, right? And it's great because it has drama. You've got two parties that are against each other, and then um, you've got like that that um, uh, what's it called when they go into that video confessional? Oh yeah, confessional. Uh, you know, one-on-one uh, confessional vibe where I can speak to one party without the other party's knowledge and, you know, they can reveal things, um, you know, that only the audience would know. And a good mediation of that caliber, of that of that uh, subject matter that we would deal with, small claims type of shit, can be reduced to a 22- or 44-minute show. Nice. He also didn't like that idea so much, and he told me that he had an idea of this quiz show that he thought would work, and did I agree that it would work? And of course, I said I thought it would agree, and that's what got green light, greenlit, and there is no uh, room for the two-star excuses in that format. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so we're back to mm-hmm. square one. We're back to square one. I think it would make a particularly good podcast. But here's the problem that I have: it's not number one on my podcast um, project dream list. Okay. It would fall behind the podcast that I have called, uh, which is uh, the working title of it is called "Defending Joshua." Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the podcast the, uh, series where I go and I defend outrageous claims that my brother has made, <laughs> like Jesse Roscoe is the greatest relief pitcher of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I heard this in the app. But are there are there more than two? I think there was only two. Yeah, oh, there's there a bunch. Two outrageous. There's a bunch. And then oh, okay. then right. there could be there how you would create the content. Uh, would be to take outrageous things you say, right? Or outrageous right. things my mom has said. You can go anybody, uh, but my I like that because that's that's real, right? He seriously thinks that, right? He's not just being a dink. Yes, correct. Yeah, so I think I think that's I like that. I, I thought that episode was great. So here's here's how I envision that podcast going: is it's a three man podcast. It's a it's it's a host. Presumably me. Um, a, a comedic sidekick and a res- and a researcher, somebody to go out because the whole point is to prove these things true, quote unquote, prove them true, right? So right. we'd have to spend an episode <laughs> telling people why Jesse Roscoe is the greatest relief pitcher of all time. So. I would need somebody to do a lot of that legwork to come up with stats and 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 arguments that we could twist. 
Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a ripoff of a podcast called uh, Last Podcast on the Left, which is um, it's a pretty popular podcast that talks about like horror genre topics, serial okay. killers, mass murders, things like that. But it's it's done with like a bunch of comedians. But they have a guy who does all the research. So that that's why you would need a three-person team. And that, in my... If I had my druthers, that would be before um, the podcast on the, on the buying shit from Craigslist. But I can't justify doing more than one recreational podcast. So that would probably mean that the two-star excuses would have to come to an end before I... Before I delved into that project you know yeah yeah it, i won't have it yeah i will and, not have it and i don't know that Liv would be on board with wanting to do something like that you know so yep um i forget what the exact question was but that's where we uh, are no that that was good no that was a good okay. answer right. uh and that leads us into my last question all right um why does Liv interrupt you so often? <laughs> uh, two answers to that question. <laughs> One, I think if I knew the real answer to that question and we could solve that problem, I think we would probably have 100,000 listeners. Okay. Because I think the content that we do, you know, it's localized, but I think there's a global component to it. You know, we're oh, yeah. we're just presenting oh, sure. elements yeah. of of our lives, but I think it's uh, it's people can re- it's relatable. I listen to tons of podcasts that are just guys riffing. So right. it, number one, if we could solve that problem, uh, I think we would have a much better uh, reaction. <laughs> Two, uh, it, I think it's just. It's a combination of his personality, you know? Very seldom is he not the biggest personality in the room. Right. So when he's out in New Orleans with his law school buddies or whatnot, he's the funny guy. And he can just steamroll a bunch of law school nerds. No doubt. And they, they're they just they're happy to step aside and let him get going and, and, and keep on rolling. Um, he's also, um, you know, the dynamic of the show is, is usually, uh, it's, that's why I always go back to the, to the Beatles, because to me, the Beatles were, they're one of the greatest rock and roll artists of all time, but at their essence, they were collective of individuals, right? So John would write a song, and that would be a hit, and Paul would write a song, and that would be a hit, and George would write a song, and they'd do that song. But though that was their more popular M.O. than getting together and writing collaborative works. So our, right. our podcast is mostly just, I don't know, maybe we have a central theme, but I'll tell my story, he tells his story, and we use the other as a backdrop. Um, so when we go too long on one of our own stories, I think sometimes he gets antsy. And he, um, 
you know, he's working on the great script of of life. You know, where it's a it's an entire Saturday Night Live episode from you know, top to bottom, and he's got these bits. From the 70s. Yeah, it's from the 70s. So he's got these yeah. bits in his head that he uses as icebreakers or, um, you know, or whatever. That's just, you know, he, he has a, a funny anecdote in his head that he thinks other people will appreciate, and he can release it and, and have it be part of the conversation. And I think in other settings... That's just how it works, but in our setting, uh, it tends to derail the old uh, "too sorry" excuses train. Well, from time just to time. It, it, you guys, you know, you both tend to go on and on and on about something, and then he interrupts <laughs> you. But he, here's the good thing: he he notices, he at least recognizes it. Most people that interrupt, like I hate when people interrupt me, but when he interrupts, he's like. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just got to say this. Or he'll say, like, he'll he'll chime in and then say, I'm sorry. I know you're in the middle of something. I just, yeah, I'm yeah. going to address this after you're done. Right. And so he, he cuts in, which I appreciate, yeah. you know. So, but I was just kind of, that's kind of a half busting his balls uh, question. <laughs> which is funny because, um, one, I think that it, that is a funny question because uh, we are both, very self-aware. If nothing else, we are self-aware. We understand our place in the universe <laughs> for better or for worse, and we wear it like a badge. Um, so I know he knows he's aware of that, and I'm aware of all the little idiosyncratic things that I do in the in the show to either make it better or make it worse. Um, okay. And we've chatted about that before, and there's all other little things that, that uh, we each do. Um, at one point we made the two sorry excuses drinking game, which I think <laughs> is actually the episode was the episode's title. Um, and it, it assigned, it was early on, um, episode 19. Yeah. It was wow. real early. All right. I'm going to have to check that two out. Two sorry excuses drinking game. The, uh, the boys evoke the powers of the TSC army to catapult Atlee Zurich into the Twitter elite. And finalize the two sorry excuses drinking game. Uh, so we had we had assigned, you know, uh, drinking tasks to the little things that we do. Uh, right. <laughs> that were even prevalent back then. And I think they've probably only gotten worse. But um, <laughs> the good thing about that question is one. Uh, you know, it's a clear attempt amongst buddies to bust balls. But two, he there's no way in hell he's going to listen to this episode anyway because um, he doesn't really <laughs> listen to the episodes. And um, either he will just, it's another episode that he won't listen to or he'll be so pissed that you're on the episode that he's going to boycott it anyway. Right. <laughs> oh, man. if Because uh, I was... I was really holding back on a bunch of things I was going to say about him. So. <laughs> uh, well, on that note. Yes. <laughs> uh, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Anders. <laughs>